You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio a 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. with Tony and Cheryl, Montgomery County's, two of Montgomery County's lawyers. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the First Amendment. The First Amendment, what it is and what it isn't. We're going to give you a little bit of a background. And then um, Tony's going to talk to us about Valentine's Day and how relevant it is to uh, our First Amendment. Right. (laughs) To both us and all those, uh, I guess, lovers out there. Right. How are you <laughs> doing today, Tony? I'm fine. We're going to tie the First Amendment in at least briefly to St. Valentine's Day uh, because I've been hearing about it on the radio and because it, the reason I'm hearing about it on other radio channels before I got up here, not that I wasn't listening to this one, um, <laughs> but uh, it's because tomorrow, Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day fall on the same day this year. Right. So, and it's weird because Lent um, starts on, uh, on Ash Wednesday and ends on April Fool's Day, which is really odd that those two would be the the, the different sides of, of Lent this year. But anyway, um, the uh, I, I guess two things. First, uh, I didn't even know if I was going to be able to be here today because I had a trial set, but we right. had that, and we're both trial attorneys, so you just never know. Right. And it reminded me of uh, how difficult trial is for not just the the people that are involved in the trial of parties, but also the attorneys, because we take on so much. It's like taking on their lives. And the, the uh, people that are in trial are worried not only about the outcome of their case, but how they're going to pay for it and how much they're being charged per hour, where we're just sitting around. And the attorneys are worried that uh, not only that we're not going to be paid, but that we may not perform to the expectation of our, our clients. Right. And, and we want to do the best that we can. And so anyway, yesterday's trial went really, really well. And uh, we ended up settling, which was, was good. But there was a reading that I wanted to just kind of, <laughs> because we are the legal connection, to let people that are in trials know that it's actually something we should embrace to get justice, not just to settle and say this thing is going to happen. And it was it's actually in the Bible, too. And uh, the reading for yesterday was, uh, it was actually it was Sunday, is uh, James 1, verses 1 through, uh, uh, 1 through 11. And uh, just to paraphrase, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically it's, it, it talks about how that if we're tested and we persevere, that's actually a good thing, that, that God gives us graces for that. And, it's, uh, and part of the passage is uh, James is, it says, just the reading is James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus to the 12 tribes in the, disperse, in the dispersion greetings. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance be perfect so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Um, but if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God forgives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and he will, and he will be given it. And that is so true because you have to pray all the time because you just don't know what the outcome is going to be. So I thought that was kind of an interesting reading and it kind of ties it all in because you can take these trials and when you persevere, you will get, and if you're doing everything for the right reasons, don't go to trial just because you want to win. You go to trial for Justin Wright or don't go to trial. It's not worth your time, but um, that you can get, if you just can persevere that that God is with you and you'll be fine. Now, what the other thing that I was going to talk about is St. Valentine's Day. And um, this little, let's see, you can see this little bear in for the people that are on the podcast. Um, 
this little bear was a Valentine's gift I got from my husband a few years ago. And um, he got it actually because he's an anesthesiologist and his group of nurses uh, gave it to him. And he did the exact, we had the exact same reaction when we saw it. Um, he's like, oh, isn't this cute? We're a team. And he said, Timo. And I'm like, and when he gave it to me, I'm like, why'd you bring me a bear that says Timo? You're so sweet. I love you. Um, but because we're so dumb and we speak Spanish, it's Te Amo. We, all, we both thought the same thing. We That's both thought neat. it was chemo. Was yeah. It? it was dumb. But anyway, same well, thing. you know, I wouldn't, that would not have occurred to me, but I can see why you <laughs> thought that. We're like, yeah, team spirit. This is great. <laughs> okay. So uh, uh, St. Valentine's Day. So we can, this is all going to tie into First Amendment rights, which sounds, it actually, I, I thought that was also interesting that there's 10 commandments and the Bill of Rights also has 10 amendments. But um, the first one is, I don't know if it's my favorite one, but it's a very, very important one, which you're going to discuss much more in detail. But St. Valentine's Day is, uh, is, is actually something that shows that had they had a First Amendment right, a freedom of religion, back in, you know, before America, the people that didn't live here, uh, then we would probably not have a Valentine's Day because St. Valentine was a martyr who was killed by the Roman emperor, um, let's see what the, what the emperor's name was. It was not Claudius, but... Constantine? No, it was somebody the second. You know, all those Romans, they kept the same name over and over again. It was, and he was actually good friends with it. It was Saint, no, I'm sorry. It was the Roman emperor Claudius the second. Like, there's a million Claudiuses. But anyway, he was... The second was back in 269, and he actually liked uh, Valentine. That was his last name uh, because he thought he was smart and he thought he was pretty fun. And he, the, the Roman emperor tried to convince Valentine to go to, to worship their pagan gods. And St. Valentine said he couldn't do it. He was Christian. There was only one God. And um, he felt really bad about it, but he was, going, he was a martyr. He was executed before uh, because he would not convert to, uh, fr from Christianity to the Roman whatever they worshiped. Mm -hmm. So had they had the First Amendment right of freedom of religion, that would not have, we would not be celebrating the, the, the love day that we have today. Now, what is also important is the reason that St. Valentine's Feast <coughs> for, for many, many years was celebrated on February 14th. And um, it's because that uh, they said, prove your God is a real God to this uh, St. Valentine when he was in prison. And he said, he, he uh, actually brought the... Um, one of the jailer's daughters, I think her name was Julia, uh, he gave her sight. He, he brought, she was blind and, and St. Valentine prayed that she'd have sight and she was healed by this. Oh, and wow. so he was made, he was made a saint, you know, many, many years later by one of the popes. But, um, he, but right before he was executed, he wrote her a letter. I guess he was in love with her and he signed it, your Valentine. And really? that is how Valentine, he became like the, like the, I guess the saint sort of of love. They don't celebrate uh, the Feast of St. Valentine anymore uh, since like 1969. They, they removed it because it was becoming so, um, I think this is the reason. I can't say for sure. But the, from what I've read, it's uh, St. Valentine's Feast is no longer celebrated on by the, yes, yeah, an actual feast day by the Catholic Church because it is so, it's secular and it's, you know, used, it's not viewed for the same reasons that it should. So anyway, that's St. Valentine's Day. And, that's um, wonderful. I love that. I did not know all yeah, of that. First me. Amendment rights. Uh, absolutely. So uh, just quickly before we go to break, I want to talk about what the First Amendment is and a little bit of a background. Okay, the First Amendment, which is what we're talking about today, is Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, 
or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble or to petition the government for redress of grievances. It's, it packs a big punch it in really one does. amendment. First Amendment rights are huge, and you can get away with a lot of stuff with those First Amendment rights. One of the most jealously guarded rights in America is the First Amendment right. And boy, that's absolutely true. People have gotten away with a lot of stuff, and it's evolved. But it's important, important things. Uh, well, taking statues down, I mean, they can do a lot of stuff. They, you, can, you can pretty much almost say anything you want that's pretty nasty to people. And you get, I mean, other, you're not short of a crime. Right. But you can protest, you can worship the devil. You can pretty much do whatever you want with these First Amendment rights. And we see it on the news all the time with people protesting in the street constantly. Just, um, right. I, I can't think of one example right now because I'm thinking of all the different protests that I see in other nations that we get to freely do. Burning the flag, First Amendment right. But, Absolutely. But anyway, so. And we're going to talk about that case too. Okay, so you're right. Well, what, what is it not? What does the First Amendment not? You know, there are some restrictions on it. It's given, given, that's given to us through case law. It's and I sh- we should out. know these things because mm-hmm. we've lived it. Mm-hmm. And it's also what we learned in law school. But, but it's not a right to defame someone. You can't, right. you can't, you know, the, the famous case we're going to talk about in a little bit is the no fighting words. Yeah. You can't address someone in a manner that makes them instantly just want to well, punch you. We just had a case that involved First Amendment rights um, that, that I'm involved in right now. And, and basically, they've taken some of the edge off our First Amendment rights with, with certain statutes where you actually can, to some extent, defame somebody if, it's, if they believe that their First Amendment rights are being curtailed. And that's the um, Texas Rules of Several Procedure 27.003. It's called the anti-slap law. You can't uh, sue somebody if and it was really built, it was really developed because of the internet. You can't, uh, you can uh, t- say something bad about like, and one of the really important cases was uh, uh, right here in the Houston area. It was uh, the Better Business Bureau was sued by a plumbing company. I think the plumbing company was, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the company right off, but it was a big one. And um, they sued because the Better, somebody had put some, Better Business Bureau had given them a bad rating. Oh, and I can't remember the name. I'm, it's going to come to me in a little bit. Um, they had sued them because uh, that the Better Business Bureau had on their website that they were not that great of a company, that they didn't show up on time and, um, and, and various other things. And so this company had a lot of money, mm-hmm. and they sued them to take that down. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a statute. It's called the Anti-SLAPP Statute. It's, it's uh, like I say, the Texas Rule of Civil Procedure 27.003. Right. That, that basically the, the Better Business Bureau won in this case. They could say all the bad things they wanted to about this company, but because of the anti-slap statute, because on the internet you can say what you, your opinion of somebody, um, they ended up being they ended up being charged hundreds of thousands of dollars. The plumbing company in attorneys' fees because they were upset that they were being defamed on the internet. Hmm. So anyway, there's some. It's gotten the edge is taken off of our First Amendment rights for defamation now by some statutes. But I think it'll come back round and it'll kind of equal itself out. It was a little bit. I think it leans a little bit too strongly toward being able to say bad things that aren't true about people. Lean leans too strongly in that direction. Right. I, I agree with that. And I know that it's the internet has been frustrating because, you know, we used to have seven years, ten years, newspaper things and stuff, but on the internet, it never goes away. And it's fast. If somebody wants to say something bad about you on the internet, you can't find it, for one thing. It's been spread everywhere. Right. And and secondly, 
um, these these new laws, and it's state to state, I mean, Internet's, you know, basically international, um, they still, the, the new laws will disallow you to, well, they allow the person that wants to say bad things to get away with it under many circumstances. Absolutely. And the again, the frustrating thing is, is that that's, you shouldn't be able to infinity. say you shouldn't be able to say things that are not true about people and get away with it by some um, law that was for the internet and not otherwise. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Well, you know, our First Amendment rights, uh, the idea of the freedom of speech, the freedom of the press, you know, and and what we were just talking about, the freedom of the press, they have really pushed every limit. Uh, on that, but it's staunchly guarded and valued in America. And did you know that you could actually, the press can release the names of minors that um, if they were in, if they were injured or something happened to them, the press can actually say their name, what happened and everything. No, I did not. Know yes, that. I didn't. I didn't know it either. I was just reading up on several other cases for a different uh, uh, case I was working on. Yeah, I didn't think you could release a minor's name. And I didn't think you could mm-hmm. either. If a child is raped and various other things, I didn't think, but they, they actually sued on this particular issue and the, the, the press had the right to let the public know. Now, I, I didn't delve into it enough to find out what happened to that particular person that did that. And I'm not thinking the victim. I think it's because the victim didn't fight back. The victim didn't have a problem with it and their family. That's probably They true. wanted people to know about this bad guy out there doing things. Right. Well, the First Amendment goes back to John Locke, John Milton. John Locke believed in the divine right of kings, recognized rulers derive power from the consent of the people. That was John Locke's thing. Voltaire. Do you know who Voltaire is? The great um, political theologian type, not theologian, but he was a a French philosopher. Yes. And uh, he said that the vital commerce of any country is intimately related to the amount of freedom in that society. That is exactly true. Uh Uh-huh. And then Rousseau talked about a social contract with citizens and the government representatives. Citizens give up certain freedoms and submit to just authority unless trust is violated. And when trust is violated, they're going to fight. So uh, it goes back to, uh, it goes way back. When trust that's, is violated, everybody fights. That's so true. <laughs> that's like in a marriage. Uh-huh. That's anytime. Think about it. Your best friend, any anytime somebody, they, you trusted somebody, you had an expectation. Um, if it doesn't get all the way to court, but it's just, that's the age old uh, tenant. You're mm-hmm. going to be fighting with somebody. If, that's the basis of almost everything, having trust. In God we trust. You know, it's everywhere. Isn't that true? Yeah. Yeah, trust is important. Okay, well, we're about to go to break, but I just want to say that you can check us out on the website at www.legalconnectionshow.com. You can send us your questions at questions at legalconnectionshow.com, and we'll be back after the break and talk about, continue to talk about the First Amendment. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. 
Do you want to know what's going on in Conroe? Tune in to Keeping Up with Conroe. Keeping Up with Conroe will highlight upcoming events and local businesses in the area. Keeping Up with Conroe will air the second Tuesday of every month at 11 a.m. and will be hosted by the Conroe CVB staff. Keeping Up with Conroe will highlight Conroe's amazing attractions for residents and visitors. So tune in to Keeping Up with Conroe and join the staff of the Conroe CVB every month on Lone Star Community Radio. For more information about Keeping Up with Conroe and the Conroe CVB, go to visitconroe.com. The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Uh, today, Tony and I are talking about First Amendment, the First Amendment, uh, what it is and what it is not, what it looks like today. And right now, we're going to talk about how we got the First Amendment, the Bill of Rights. Uh, Bill of Rights, interesting fact, it was created in September of 1789, and it was ratified two years later in December of 1791. And I, I think the important thing about the Bill of Rights well, to me, the interesting and important thing, one of those facts that always sticks with me is that they were so important. James Madison is the one who who was so adamant that they be uh, that they that they be included, but he had to get it passed, the Constitution, you know, he had to get it implemented and signed off on ratified. So he decided to add these later, but what he really wanted was the the first ten amendments, first nine amendments is are the ones he did. Uh, to be added in the body of the Constitution because they were so important. And he wasn't afraid of the Congress that they had back then. He was afraid of some future Congress that was going to take away the rights that were so important. You know, I'm always confused. Why did they, Why did he make it, why did that group make it the amendments and why did they just put it into the body itself? Yeah, he had some, you know, there were the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, yeah. and he had some opposition. All those crazy Whigs. <laughs> right. And when you too. say James Madison, the first thing I think of, especially because we're getting ready to fast for 40 days uh, during Lent, is Dolly Madison cupcakes. And wasn't Dolly his wife? James Madison? No. Was, was she? Yes, James oh, Madison. Oh, I didn't wife. know Here's that. Her. Dolly, our first lady. We just got I, back from the uh, the, the Well, the so you know, yeah. yeah. No, I know. Make, and you didn't know. I was uh-uh. over here going, oh, I want some Dolly Madison cupcakes. <laughs> James uh, and Dolly, my faves. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the first uh, 10 amendments they gave us, Things like the right to bear arms, uh, freedom of religion. I'm loving that one. Second Amendment. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Freedom of speech. My freedom. Fourth of the Amendment. Press. Fourth Amendment's huge in criminal law. The right to search and you, you search know, you can't be seizure. searched and seizure, mm-hmm. and they have to, you know, only have extended circumstances before the police can come in your house, which mm-hmm. is another little tidbit of information. Do not, as much as they help us, and they do help us a lot. They are our public servants are amazing. Right. Um, you do have the right not to allow the police to come into your house uh, without a search warrant. So if someone comes to your door and they say that they, they're the police and they want to speak with you, do not let them in unless you absolutely see their badge and you know who they are. Right. And, and because people pretend like they're policemen all the time. They sure do. And sometimes there's bad cops. There's good cops and bad cops. And sometimes they come in. And they're really not looking for what they're looking for. And they're, they're, they're what looking. What they tell you they're looking for. Right. They're looking for something different. Many, many of my clients uh, smoke pot. They should be in Colorado. They should not be here. Right. And they go in there look, and they let them in and the police find the, the, the pot paraphernalia and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they get arrested on something that's completely, because they're usually called on like a noise, you know, uh, the, the neighbors are mad about the noise. Mm-hmm. So just uh, our Fourth Amendment right, you know, or the First Amendment today is, 
such a critical and important right. Use it. Fifth Amendment is also critical. Absolutely. Will everybody please be quiet when you're interviewed by the police when they pull you over for something? Right. Just use your Fifth Amendment right. Okay, back to First Amendment. Okay, uh, so First Amendment, well, just the whole idea of the uh, Bill of Rights and the and the amendments that James Madison want, wanted, at, wanted added to the body of the Constitution, we got as amendments. And I have a Bible verse that I think is interesting. It's actually a little passage. It's Paul speaking freely, defending himself and his his conversion to Paul, Christianity. Paul, the first guy that was really using his First Amendment rights for the reason he should have, for the glory of God. Love Paul. Absolutely. Absolutely. In Acts 26, uh, verses 22. Well, I'm sorry, I'm taking that back. He probably wasn't the first one, but no. he, was, he was a really important one writing almost all the New Testament. Absolutely. Spreading the good news. Mm-hmm. Um, Acts chapter 26, verses 22 through 26. Paul is before the king and he is defending himself and telling the king what he believes and why he's he's moving from Judaism to um, Christianity. Absolutely. Uh, Paul says, um, he's telling his story, and he says, Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. So the prophets and Moses also sp- used their First Amendment rights. It wasn't granted to them back then, but they spoke freely. And they said that and usually God would give them some inspiration on what to say, and it all is applicable today. Mm, absolutely. So. so then Paul goes on to say, this was his message, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and unto the Gentiles. Gentiles are people that are not Jewish. Now, who was saying this? Paul. Paul. Okay. But he's saying it to the king. Uh-huh. So it's it's applicable because you got the government, then you've got a, a person that's had an experience, and he speaks freely. And Paul was no dummy. Paul was a lawyer. At first, he was a tax collector, but he became a lawyer. Yeah, he, he was a Pharisee. And he, and as he <clears throat> thus spoke for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you're beside yourself. All your learning has made you crazy. <laughs> I've but heard that before. Paul said, I am not <laughs> crazy, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness, for the king knows of these things, before whom I also speak freely, for I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. And to me, this was relevant about what we're talking about, First Amendment, and uh, we're going to talk about the evolution of it. That packs a big punch. This thing was not done in the corner. We got witnesses. The king really knew it was going on. A lot of political stuff going on. Exactly. Love and Paul. Okay. Me too. And uh, so I want to talk about <clears throat> William Twin in 1663, um, just transitioning. You know, here we are in Great Britain. That's where William Twin was, and he was a publisher in 1663. And uh, he was— uh, What was his last name? Twin, T-W-Y-N. Okay. William Twin. I would say Twine, but that would just yeah. be in the Texas pronunciation. Maybe, right? <laughs> or maybe it is Twine. I don't know. Uh, he's a publisher who published a book that endorsed the right of revolution— was held to have encompassed or imagined the death of the king. Guess what happened to this guy? And where was this at? Great Britain. In what, what year? 1663. Uh, I don't see a head on him much longer. Oh, it was terrible. He was <laughs> he was sentenced to be hanged, oh, cut, okay. cut down while still alive, then emasculated, disemboweled, quartered, and then finally beheaded. I didn't think it was going to turn out well. <laughs> this just, that was standard punishment for treason back then. For just uh, you know, ima- for speaking freely, and he didn't even write the book; he just published the book. Wow! And so they did he not know the laws before doing that? I, I think it, revolution was at their doorstep. Don't you? Oh, it was 1663. Yeah. But I mean, that right, this freedom of speech has cost many people their lives, yes. mm-hmm. and it's something that we we take for granted. Uh, also, this is an interesting. 
uh, story. We do take it for granted because people can say they, they just think because we were born in a time when it's been such a very strong right that's been reinforced over and over yeah, that we flaunt um, it, that we just, we know we can do that. And some people even now though take too much advantage of it. They do. To the they extent do. that they, they harm people by what they say to a great Well, degree. in uh, in America, in 1735, so this is roughly 100 years later, in America, there was a colonial printer. His name was J.P. Zinger. This is before we were a country. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a colonial publisher uh, who was imprisoned for exposing a New York governor, William Cosby, for controlling the local court and newspaper. Zanger printed the paper that exposed the governor, and then he was charged with the crime of seditious libel. Seditious libel is how they used to get these guys. And what it was... Is, was that, or like, is that not too far off from what's kind of going on today with them trying to say that, you know, with our the, the, the administration we have right now, people printing things that aren't true and saying that you've got... Uh, it, it's a crime against the nation when they're when it's made up. Kind of the same thing that's going on now, but we have the First Amendment rights that protect us. Right. That's a great point. Uh, seditious libel is was a charge of promoting ill opinions of the government and advocating change. That was so they could be charged with this, yeah. right? So this guy, this is J. why they Singer, that's why they left England. England was like exactly, that, and, that's, and that's it's a going dictatorship, on here. basically. Right. Even though it was well, this a, is interesting. So this guy's thrown in jail, and guess who his attorney was? Alexander Hamilton. Alexander, wow. could you imagine, Tony? <laughs> I mean, we're good, but come on. <laughs> but didn't they Alexander just make a play Hamilton. about that? They sure did. Yeah, wasn't he in a duel with somebody? Oh, he, he he's awesome. Wait a minute. Who was the one? Who were the two of uh, of our forefathers that were, were dueling out with each other, and they were they were angry because they were on politically opposite sides? Not unlike my case yesterday, <laughs> the opposing counsel. Right. I'm like, will you get over it? Oh my gosh, we're like. We're just representing people. We can agree to disagree and be very civil. And I, I think it, I was thinking he might not need to meditate for a while, but we yeah. finally did settle it. But but who were the two that had the duel? I think it was Hamilton and um, this is a trivia question. No, I remember hearing maybe, that. Maybe Ethan knows. Well, we'll ask Ethan. <laughs> he has no idea. Okay, well, listen to this. So Alexander Hamilton defended Zanger. Even though Zanger had admitted to the publication, the jury found him not guilty of seditious libel. Good. This was because Alexander argued Alexander Hamilton argued against tyranny and for truth and the power of the jury. And people believe that this case was the turning point wow. that crystallized freedom of speech. That, that's probably why it was the First Amendment. It was something that was sort of fresh and it wasn't current. Was, current was Alexander topic? Hamilton one of the people that signed the Constitution and helped create the I believe so. I need to go back and review stuff like he that. He was awesome. Mm-hmm. Alexander Hamilton was awesome, but it's really interesting. But it it crystallized the idea of free press. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've got some other cases. There was Gitlow versus New York. It applied the limitation of the federal government's encroachment on individual liberties to the states as well as the federal government. And you know the amendment they used to do that, the 14th Amendment. Oh. Yeah, the 14th Amendment. Yes, yes, yes. Remember that? I love the 14th Amendment Uh too. It it took the But for that, the government would have so much more control over our. Second Amendment uh, gun control rights over, uh, over same-sex marriage. They would have a lot more control. I really, the 14th Amendment's a great one. Absolutely. We'll get so, to that one another another day. Another uh-huh. hour. And then when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about limitations on the First Amendment, you, what you what you can't say. So uh, we're the Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. We are on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1, and we're coming live to you every Tuesday at 12 p.m., 
We'll be right back after the break to continue talking about First Amendment rights. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the message line at 936 Six four seven three seven seven six to take your first step into the radio world. Welcome back to the Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. And Tony's going to start us out this section with a joke. We have a joke for today. I only usually know three jokes, and I okay. used to tell this one all the time. And I'm going to tell it poorly. But it's an Easter joke. Okay. okay. And I didn't write it down, so y'all are gonna have to just bear with me. All right. So there was a blonde, a brunette, and a redhead. And uh, which I've been all of at some point <laughs> in my life. And um, and the uh, Saint Peter was asking them, um, if one of you or all of you can tell me the meaning of, of Easter, then um, you can get into heaven. And so uh, the, the the brunette immediately said, Oh, I know it, I know what it is. She goes, it's a very important day where we celebrate Christ and, um, and everybody gets together and, we, and, and it's, it's, it's a day where, uh, where we have Christmas gifts and Santa shows up no, no. and um, there's turkey. And um, he said, no, 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 You'll, you have to go back. You try again later. <laughs> Man, and so then the redhead tough. was like, oh, you know, what is wrong with her? People say, you know, brunettes just aren't that smart. Redheads are smarter. And she says, um, Okay, so here is what Easter is all about. It's a day when we all give great thanks, and there's a huge turkey, and we all get together and watch football. And he said, no, it is not Easter. <laughs> and so then the blonde says, I know what the meaning of Easter is, and I cannot believe that we get such a bad rap having blonde hair. And um, she says, it's a day when we, um, when we celebrate uh, that, that Christ uh, gave his life for us, knowing that, you know, that it was prophesied, that uh, he gave his life to, to that we would be able to get into heaven and we'd be forgiven of our sins. And um, he was to rise again and sit at the right hand of the Father. And on the third day when he rose, they rolled the, the after, you know, he's buried, they rolled the big uh, tombstone off, you know, like in the old days and in, in, I guess, where he was buried. And and he, and he Jesus walked out and, and, and recognized Mary Magdalene. And then he saw his shadow and we knew that we'd have six more weeks of winter. <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. I know. Okay. The blonde didn't know it either. But anyway, that's, that was, she was doing so well. And so, you know what you learned from that? What? Sometimes you sayeth too much. Stop <laughs> she while you're ahead. Quit while she was ahead, <laughs> yes. right? Okay. That's so true. Okay, so uh, some limitations on the first Oh, one. let me ask real quick. Uh, station manager, Ethan, do, we, do you know who Alexander Hamilton was in a duel with? I have no idea. You do not know? <laughs> Wait a minute. Station owner Dick. Station owner he, Dick he may know. Hey, we, we have the internet, though. Okay. Uh, 
Oh, hang on. Yeah. Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr. It Thank was Aaron you. Burr. Oh, Thank you, station I'm, manager. I'm, and he actually, and he actually killed him. Alexander Hamilton sorry. killed him. Yes, yes, yes. And so this is why station manager Dick owns the station and runs this. He's the world, the kind of guy that can use the internet quickly. That's right. But, uh, but yeah, Alexander Hamilton killed him and then was not convicted of murder. That's crazy, too. Well, people loved him. I mean, they still love him. They yeah. they just, yeah. they have a musical about him right now. You know, we, we do love our statesmen. Many people love Clinton. Many people, and I mean, Bill Clinton, the president. And many people love, um, you know, Obama. And, and many, many people love Trump. We we love our statesmen, so. We certainly do. Okay, well, so some limitations. I like, Richard, I like Nixon. I'm, I'm just, I'm still a big staunch you know, I just loved Nixon. I don't. Nixon I, was. I think Watergate was just. You know, it was a bad thing, but he was it, still a very, very good president for us. It but. was. Well, you know, I thought this is all bunny trail, but I've thought about Watergate a lot with all the stuff that Trump is talking about yeah. and Obama. Yeah. Uh, What's going on right now sure makes Watergate look like nothing. But you know what? In, in the big picture, my very favorite president so far, I think it's because my era was Reagan. I just love Reagan. Oh, right. He came right in on his horse. Right. And so oh, anyway, absolutely. Politics aside, what's going on with the First Amendment? Okay. And thank so, you, station owner and and, and uh, Dick and station Ethan. Ma- ma- manager Ethan for giving it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> giving it a shot. Yeah. Along with Hamilton. Yes, yes. Right. Okay. So in Chaplinsky versus New Hampshire— uh, that was a 1940 case, and uh, Walter Chaplinsky was a Jehovah's Witness who was using the sidewalk as a public place to speak, and he was cussing and yelling and saying all sorts of stuff about the politics. Happens downtown Houston all the time. Right, right. <laughs> I walked through it to go to court. He said, right, he said that um, he was in downtown Rochester, New Hampshire. He was calling organized religion a racket, a racket. After a large crowd had gathered, blocked the roads, Chaplinsky saw the town marshal approaching, and he'd been there before, warning Chaplinsky, now don't And I'm sure the commotion. town marshal was not a Jehovah's Witness. <clears throat> well, <laughs> so Chaplinsky started calling him all sorts of names. Ooh. He said he was a GD racketeer and a damn fascist, and, and, uh... Ugh. This sounds like he's going to get charged with the uh, well, assault a public servant, but it, hey, well, how'd it turn out? What he happened? was convicted, of and what? he appealed. What, he, what was he convicted of? Uh... I guess a uh, public commotion, uh, uh, disturbing the peace. Okay. Uh huh. And he I can see that because they would try. They're trying to stop him, so they can't, had to come up with something. Right. Maybe criminal mischief. I don't know. But uh, anyway, continue. Uh, so he appealed, and it went. And the court, the opinion of the court, making it the law of the land, replaced a restriction on the freedom of speech. They said certain well-defined and narrowly limited categories of speech fall outside the bounds of oh. constitutional protection. Thus, the lewd and obscene, the profane and the slanderous, and in this case, insulting are fighting words. Do you remember yes. that from law yes. school? Yes. They're fighting mm-hmm. words. Well, I was thinking because he was using profanity, that was also something that, we do that all the time, but that wasn't that profane. We don't know what was, we weren't there. This was 1942. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this, this is, they, they this, used some bad language back in 1940. They just didn't publish it as much. I mean, we're not seeing what was really there. But anyway, right. so so what happened? Uh, it said, uh, fight, insulting or fighting words neither contributed to the expression of ideas or possessed any social value in the search for the truth. So they wanted the uh, discussion of ideas and the search for the truth and that kind of uh, fighting words don't contribute. So anyway, he was arrested. I'm assuming that he was convicted and that the appellate court confirmed that, right? Or affirmed it, mm-hmm. right? And it's probably because of the way he did it. If he had been 
if he had uh, had been uh, a little bit more civil uh, about his approach and had not been, I guess, uh, kind of leaning toward violence, perhaps, and 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 kind of scaring people because that's that's not in the public's best interest. He probably would have been able to assert his been First Amendment rights and been fine. But it was the other things that added into it that, uh, that had it, the conviction uh, stand. Right. It was the fighting What did he get, words. you know? No, I don't. Probably just probation. Um, but it was the it, fighting words. And there's another case. I don't have the case. But I remember the rule the, of law in that case was the, the description, the carving out of fighting words were words that when someone hears no reasonable person could restrain themselves from punching or hitting yeah, yeah. or lashing back, yeah. fighting words. Right. Now, we're still uh, talking about First Amendment. This this would be aside from crimes where somebody's, you know, uh, threatening to kill you. That's a completely different crime. This is First Amendment and it's civil. So that's kind and of the, the freedom of is. speech. Right. Right. And then also another restriction that was placed on the freedom of speech is uh, valid time, manner, and place restrictions on speech. Um that was in a case, Heffron v. Krishna Consciousness, and it was 1981. I don't know if you remember, but I remember. You can go to the airport. You can go anywhere without being handed all this literature oh, yeah, from the yeah. Harry Krishnas. George Harrison and that group. Mm-hmm. Was George Harrison a Harry Krishna? He was kind of involved with it for a while. I don't think he was a Harry Krishna, but I remember that kind of him being, maybe he supported them, but but I may be kind of off track on that completely. Okay. But I do remember at the airports all the time. And then right after that, they came out with that, that movie, Airplane. And, and of course, that, that reminded me just now of my right. favorite movie of all time is the airplane. Right. And I know that our that, that our, our station owner and manager don't even know right. what that movie have is. No They're way too young. Right. Oh, you've seen Airplane? Oh, isn't it funny? Oh, Ethan's shaking his head. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask something real quick because something you brought up, and I just it's a, it's a multiple choice question, and it's for um, it's going to be for Dick, Ethan, or you. Okay. Okay. And so, which of the following categories of speech is never protected by the First Amendment? It's sort of a recap of what you just said. Mm-hmm. A Expression intended and likely to incite eminent lawless action. B, true threats. C, clear and eminent threats to national security. And D, RD, all the above. Which do y'all think? Which of the following of speech is never protected by the First Amendment? Mm -hmm. Clear threats. Uh, threats to our national security, and I'm going to go with D. I okay. think all of them. And what do y'all think? Uh, I I agree. Okay. And, and Dick's playing on the internet. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> okay. The, it says D, D is the correct answer. Oh, and the reason brilliant. is the law recognizes that certain <laughs> categories of speech, fairly small in number and defined by law, are not protected by the First Amendment. That means this doesn't happen very often and can be lawfully restricted and are punished. The categories that for A, B, and C above are among those in unprotected speech categories. So do not go around, um, uh, let's see, the expression intended and likely, don't incite eminent lawless action. Do not make true threats. Not self, okay. And do, do, uh, clear and eminent threats to national security, which actually, I, I think I see that on TV all the time. That should not be protected by the First Amendment, but I see people get away with it. So there is a fine line. Okay. When you say clear and eminent threats to national security, we're talking about North Korea and people saying North Korea is great. And, you know, go, go ahead and if they bomb, like, you know, when Jane Fonda went over there during the, the Vietnam War. Yeah. I mean, that's really just right there on the border. Right. They're right. just pretty bad. So. Yeah, absolutely. And then also the, the valid time, manner, and place restrictions. It, it doesn't mean that 
Parikrishnas can't pass out literature. Mm-hmm. They just can't take over a fairground. They can't take over an airport. They've got to, they've got to, they're uh, restricted to a certain location and, uh, and, a, and a manner of doing it. And it seems to me they never did take over the airport. They had their small little flower child thing kind of going on on the side, but... But that does make sense. Uh, yeah, and what I really mean by takeover is just freely roam the airports, you know. And, and I'm thinking that brings to mind the abortion rights. When people try to protest in, in front of the uh, physicians that do abortions mm-hmm. or the clinics, mm-hmm. um, they, they that their First Amendment rights are they're protected in trying to block them and do things as long as all of these, they're not inciting a riot, they're not threatening anybody. But when they cross the line and they start threatening the doctor, that's when, yeah. you know, something, and that does happen stop. too. Yeah, so. that is not protected speech. They can't do, in the middle of the night, they can't go over there and protesting in front of this guy's house because mm-hmm. that's not protected. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the example. Right, and then we also have uh, the case about burning the flag. That's expression. That's okay. It's okay to burn the flag, mm-hmm. and that just amazes me. And burning the draft card, that's okay. Do you... Um, I mean, I'll ask our two young guys, do you not even know what the draft card is? Have you all ever heard of that? I have. Okay. And so what, what, what is your knowledge of the draft card? Uh, draft card? Uh, I mean, I kind of know what you're, it you is, We're not born not like during the Vietnam. But it's, no, yeah, I wasn't born way back then, but it's basically just— I, And I don't know either. That. To tell you the truth, even I was a baby when all that was going on. But, but from what I recall, there was a certain draft, and when your number came up, if you fell within the restrictions of— you had to go and and and, and you got it company. in the mail. Mm-hmm. You got in the mail. You got your draft sure. card. Then whatever your number was, when your number was up, you had to go to war basically. And yeah. so that was a big deal. People were burning the draft card because they didn't want to go to war, like Muhammad Ali before he was, I guess Cassius Clay before he was Muhammad Ali. Do you even know who Muhammad Ali is? Yes. Okay, just want to make sure. All, all guys, no matter how old they are, know who Muhammad Ali okay, is. I didn't know. <laughs> they do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay, well, we're about to go to break. We want to tell you that you can tune in on Tuesdays from 12 to 1 p.m. on 104.5 or 106.1. Or you can wait until the next day, Wednesday, and you can download our podcast and listen to us on Google Play and iTunes. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Today we're talking about First Amendment. And just to wrap up the cases that have evolved the First Amendment or extended the First Amendment, uh, there was one that one student that had a jacket on that said F the draft, except for the word, you know, F the draft. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was held to be freedom of speech, freedom of expression. Um, There was this one kid who... um, had on a sign, Bong Hits for Jesus, and uh, (laughs) 
So that was not, you know, the freedom to promote the use of illegal drugs. The Supreme Court said, uh, no, you can't be extended that far. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And also, well, you know. That's weird. You can say F the draft, but you can't say bong hits for Jesus. Well, F the draft. In Colorado, you can. Can't you? (laughs) F the draft was 1971, and bong hits for Jesus was 2007. And the court was completely different then. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, 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 that's true. Huh? But, and but the then, reason was because it was, you can't promote a crime. Well, that's how they got it. And also they were saying that the uh, teacher who enforced that should be reprimanded. She she, she was over there fucking her. <laughs> no, she inhibited the student's <laughs> right to express themselves in the court. Said, oh, no, uh-uh. she was. Okay, she, yeah. was, she was the one that was she not. She was fine. Okay. She was acting was under not. the rules of the school. Okay. But then, you know, and then, you know, so it was extended to even young people. They can, they can wear black armbands, even nonverbal expression of speech. Mm-hmm. They can protest, wear black armbands. They can... Mm-hmm. They can, um, which they do now. Yeah. We see that all the time because the Supreme Court gave them that that freedom or or extended that to them. Right. And here here's a little uh, have a political question, real quick. It's true false. Mm-hmm. Um, true or false? Students cannot be forced to pledge allegiance to the flag. True. And the answer to that, and I I know that's true, but I'm just going to verify it. It's true. Oh yeah! Uh, a U.S. Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, not a. Um, has held that the students have a First Amendment right to refuse to recite the Pledge of Allegiance or salute the flag during school. And that uh, is 1943. That is a, a case from uh, one of the school board ones. But still, it's pretty. that's a very well-settled yeah. law that you yeah. do not have to pledge the flag. And we know that because of the neen and all that stuff at the uh-huh. NFL games of, uh-huh. of late, right. which um, I think probably damaged the NFL's I think so, uh, too. pocketbook a little bit. All right, carry on, carry on. Uh, No, that's, you know, I just want to share two Bible verses about speaking. And then we're going to have trivia questions. And then Tony's going to give us her (laughs) trivia questions. It's interesting. One of mine was James 1, 9, which you talked about James 1 at the beginning, um, uh, 1 through 6 or something. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Uh, James 1, 9, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Uh, for the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. I think it's interesting. I wish I'd had that scripture yesterday at the court with me. Really? <laughs> I mean, the attorneys were, were in the hall. It was just insane. Yelling at each other. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, just if you don't have something nice to say, and especially it's not productive, just don't say it. But mm-hmm. um, And then Titus 2.1, speak the things which become sound doctrine. Don't just ramble on. Don't be rude and hateful. So I just think it's important when we that we do have freedoms, but with freedom comes responsibility. Yes. And, you know, let's not incite each other to punch us in the face or, <laughs> you know. <laughs> cause I promise I won't riots. do that. I'm not okay, going to incite Okay, Tony, okay. let's hear your question. All right, so um, this is a, 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 a group. You know, we don't have any prizes or anything, but, okay, which student is most likely to prevail on his or her First Amendment claim? All right. A. Rebecca wants to challenge the school's dress code that prohibits students from wearing micro mini skirts at school. She thinks she's got hot legs. B, Rob wants to challenge a school policy that prohibits students from wearing flip-flops to class. C, Rachel wants to challenge a school policy that prohibits her from wearing an anti-war t-shirt. I think we just went over that. D, Reggie wants to challenge a school policy that prohibits students from dyeing their hair bright, non-natural colors, which is the correct. Uh, which which student prevails on First Amendment? I'm going to go with C. You're right. 
We didn't even get our, 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 our panel here. That was the that was the war one, right? Right. Yeah, yeah you're okay, right. Were you going to say C? Yeah, I was going to say C also. That's exactly right. And here is why. You already explained to us, but we're going to hear it again. A while, this this is going to let people, you know, we're, we don't, we're not at war, but, but whatever. If, if, it, if it goes along with this, at least you know you can do that. Where there are limits and ongoing disagreements among courts about uh, about where the specific lines are drawn, courts have generally allowed school officials a fair share of leeway in determining appropriate dress. Okay, we're going to look at um, at the another question. The First Amendment prohibits true or false. The First Amendment prohibits private schools that accept government funding from censoring or punishing students who participate in lawful and peaceful on campus on campus speech activities. True or false? The First Amendment prohibits them. Yes. From doing that? Yes. Uh, uh, that's false. That's false. Yeah, that's false. You are absolutely right, both of you. No, no, the no, First no. Amendment we need our only prohibits music. government officials from restricting a citizen's free speech right. activities. See, that's important. I think that for our, our listeners, these restrictions apply to uh, state actors, government officials, things like yes. that. Mm-hmm. If Tony were to do that, it would be wrong, but there wouldn't be any repercussions of you know, right. you wouldn't be arrested for that. Right. But state actors can't do it. It's, it's to, to follow up on that, administrators at a private school are not government officials and are therefore not limited by the First Amendment. Exactly. The mere receipt of government funding without more does not alter a private school's status as a non-governmental entity. Note that even though the First Amendment may not limit administrative censorship at a private school, there are other often other avenues of legal protection. For example, contractual provisions, state laws, and these are available to private school students. Absolutely. Okay, well, we want to thank you for listening today. Uh, We've been talking about First Amendment, and you can listen live 12 to 1 on Tuesdays at 104.5 or 106.1 Conroe's FM. You can also download our podcast. It'll be available tomorrow. And uh, you can listen on Google Play iTunes. Send us your questions at questions at legalconnectionshow.com. Thanks for listening. We'll, we'll see you next and, week. Uh, serve God by serving each other. And eat a lot on Fast Tuesdays. You've got to fast for the next 40 days. You can't eat any chocolate for Valentine's. Oh, Ash well, Wednesday. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio network, either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcast, Channel 12's Our City TV and Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course, their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.